and welcome to episode 19 of this Inspired by 2020 Visionary Chat Series. I'm delighted to be joined today by none other than Chester Elton. Chester, how are you? Delighted to be here, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. We've tried to talk a couple of times and, and uh, you know, you've gone beyond the call of duty to, 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 get, on, to get on this today. So it's really cool. And um, so you're partner and founder of uh, the Culture Works, um, helping leaders create high performing all in cultures. Um, you're a number one New York Times, uh, USA Today, Wall Street Journal uh, bestselling author. You've written, I think, 12 books. Um, the, the, the four that I can remember are All In, uh, The Carrot Principle, The Best Team Wins, and the most recent one, which we're going to talk about, is Leading with Gratitude. And I know Marshall Goldsmith was an inspiration uh, in early discussions around that. You're also an executive coach. You're a mentor. You're a keynote speaker. And I think you're on two, not just one, but two lists in globalgurus.org. You're number four, uh, top leading um, leadership expert, and number two, uh, top organizational culture expert. So it's a real privilege to talk to you. And, you know, I could speak for hours about all this stuff because your energy, I, I always feel your energy, you know, and uh, so maybe in the first five minutes, just talk a little bit about you and your background and, and, and how you got to where you are today. The one thing I forgot to say was your biggest achievement is you have four children and two grandchildren. And with that, over to you. <laughs> right, and not just children, grandchildren, extraordinary, exceptional, beautiful, and smart children. Wonderful. And wonderful. So thank you for that, Simon. Yes, you know, it's been a wonderful journey. My co-author, Adrian Gosk, and I, for 20-odd years now, have been studying workplace culture, uh, leadership, teams, and, and, and this thread of gratitude that has been so interesting to us and, and how powerful it is to create uh, great cultures, great teams, and every every extraordinary business leader that we studied, it was a big part of how, how they led. Well, a little bit back when I grew up in Canada, I've lived in the States for a long time now, happily married for 37 years to the extraordinary Heidi Elton. Um, and we live just outside New York City now and have in New Jersey yeah. for some time, which has allowed us access to a lot of remarkable organizations and companies in the New York area, Washington, Boston, Philadelphia, yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what's been really gratifying, uh, Simon, is as our work has developed, we've realized that, and this is borne out in our research, which, by the way, we have over a million engagement surveys we draw from 80,000 of our own uh, motivators assessment, yeah. is that when you are happy and engaged at work, you are 150% more likely to be happy and engaged in your personal lives. So yeah. our mission really is to help leaders engage, enable, and energize their people to create these wonderful, productive, safe places to work so that ripple effect to their families and their communities yeah. can continue. And hopefully that's enough. No, <laughs> enough no, about no that, that, that's great. And it, and it really resonates with me because the work that I do, you know, I'm described as the growth strategist and it's a fancy title, but basically what I do is I help organizations through coaching, consulting, training, mentoring, grow in four different ways okay and so business growth leadership growth brand growth so that's corporate and personal brand and mindset growth and it's very ambitious but the reason i do that is you know that you have a lot of coaches and consultants who focus on one or maybe two of those but for me all four of those are inextricably linked if you're not if you're not looking after your employees so this is personal growth then they they're not really going to really fully effectively uh, affect the bottom line of the business growth and vice versa. So it's all inextricably linked. So, you know, 
you can't really build a business. You can't build a business without people. So having happy people feeds back into the personal lives, but also comes back into the business. So, you know, that resonates fully. And um, so in terms of the latest book, Leading with Gratitude, maybe just describe, and I don't know whether you have a copy there to show, to show the audience. Absolutely. My pub I never leave home without it. My publisher <laughs> would, would really yeah. be upset if I did. Yeah. So maybe just describe it and maybe mention um, Adrian as well and, and how that relationship has developed, because I know you've written a number of books and, and describe the, the premise of the book. Yeah, you know, this was uh, our, our mutual friend, Marshall Goldsmith, actually, had written a collaborative book with the MG100 Leadership Group, of which Adrian and I are both members, yeah. uh, called uh, Work is Love Made Visible. And it was a series of essays, and, and he called me, and we've become dear friends over the last uh, few years. He said, look, could you promote this book on LinkedIn? You have a, a huge following. And I said, absolutely. Sent me a book, and I, I read it. And it was kind of fun, because they knew a lot of the uh, contributors. Yeah. So he called me and says, what do you think of the book? I said, oh, I love the book. I love that I knew the contributors. I love the message and, and so on and so on. He said, you know, I'm surprised, though, that there wasn't a, a, an essay on gratitude. Yeah. Because it's so much a part of what you do. As you know, Marshall, it's always feed forward. Thank people for their feed forward yeah. and, and move on. You know, don't, don't hold a grudge. No, no, no obligation, no guilt. I mean, if you know Marshall, these are yep. triggers, as he yep. would say, as part of his yep. coaching. And he said, you know what, you're right. That's a mess. He says, well, look, you're the apostle of appreciation. I'm the world's greatest executive coach. Adrian Gostick is one of the great business writers of our age. Yeah. Let's, write the, let's write a book on gratitude. Wow. So we laughed and we said, like, are you serious? Because it would be wonderful yeah. to have a project with you. Yeah. Said, Absolutely. So we started having all the meetings, getting more and more excited. He goes, ah, he says, look, I, uh, I can't be the lead author. We were going to do, you know, Goldsmith with Gostick. Yeah, yeah. He says, I've got a project. My, my agent doesn't think it's a good idea. I can be a sub-author. Yeah. So Gossip can help with Marshall Goldsmith. Okay. Not a problem. So he shipped it out to all the publishing houses, and they were getting excited. We were getting excited. And he goes, ah. He says, look, I got this book. I can't. I feel horrible. You know, we've done all this work. And we said, well, it would have been good to know like three or four weeks before, before we pitched it. Yeah. And yet he said, look, Marshall, if it's, a, if it's a great concept, the publishers will buy it. Yep. If not, harm no foul. And he was so funny. He said, oh, you guys are great. And I said, Marshall, it's a book about gratitude. <laughs> like, what did you think we were going to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, end of the story is HarperCollins Business uh, bought the book. Yeah. Uh, we distributed it in March. It's, it's, it's gone on to, to great acclaim. We, it's on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. We love the message. And little did we know that COVID was going to hit, that we'd have all this civil unrest. Yeah. And that this expression of simple gratitude, whether it's to your neighbors, your employees, your family, yeah. is more important now probably than ever. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, and that's a wonderful story. And I've, it's funny, I had a similar story with Marshall when, uh, when I was launching my recent book, How to Be a Better Deal Closer, at the beginning of last year. He had agreed to come over to Ireland to, do, to, to help me launch it at Trinity College. And very similar, actually. I hope he doesn't mind me talking about this. And, uh, and he's, he's fine. And it was all set in. I told everybody and it was great. And then I had a message from his team saying, awfully sorry, can't do it. I've been committed to do something else in Ireland at the same time. So I'd let it go. But Marshall was so, you know, I have huge gratitude. So I'd let it go and I'd line somebody else to do the launch. And on the very evening of the launch, at about six o'clock, I got a phone call and it was a San Diego number on my phone. And I thought, that's very strange. But I picked it up. It was Marshall. And he said, I, this is true. I've arrived in Dublin. 
where is your book launch? I'm coming to it. So it was a phenomenal thing, you know. That's marketing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so gracious and has been such a great mentor and, and a coach for me yeah. because of things like that. You know, it, he, he always deals from, he assumes positive intent in everyone. He just gives and he yeah. doesn't keep score. No, I, I agree. And it's, it's amazing. Like, uh, you know, this whole area of gratitude. I mean, he, he's probably the biggest example for me. I mean, he's, you know, done a couple of my books and he's done a video testimonial. And sometimes I think I've thought over these four years, why is he doing this for me? Okay. And I had dinner with him last January and we had a great discussion and I don't need to ask that question anymore. All I do now is I do my best to carry it forward as well. So I mentor people over here and, and I, I have to say, I'm going beyond what I used to do in terms of helping them, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. It's that sense of gratitude and passing it along. And um, I, I'm also in a wellness spiritual program. I have been for 14 years. And the premise of that is gratitude, you know, oh, yeah. it's all about gratitude, you know, and, and every day is a lifetime, uh, Chester. Every day is a lifetime and we should be grateful for what we have. And um, so how does that feed back into the leadership of organizations, do you think? I mean, uh, I haven't read the book and I want to read the book. So do you talk about the fact that, that there isn't enough gratitude and that, that the organizations need to look at this more? How do you look at this within the book? Well, wonderful question. And by the way, uh, for the listeners, we have a wonderful book website called leadingwithgratitudebook.com. You can download the Ford, which was written by our good friend Marshall, uh, and the first chapter, as well as there's uh, podcasts, there are articles and, and wonderful little videos to give you a sampling. Um, we, we really started from the premise that there was a gratitude gap. In business, there's a gratitude gap. Yeah. We, we surveyed leaders and said, do you think you're above average in giving appreciation, recognition, and gratitude to your people? Yeah. Around 70% said, yes, I, I believe I am. Only 23% of their employees agreed. <laughs> so there's a, there's a definite gap there, right? Yeah. Um, and then we, we very quickly debunked seven of the most common myths as to why leaders don't. Most leaders will agree that it's important to appreciate and value and simple expressions of gratitude are important to your culture. There are all these excuses that, well, people need too much of it, or if I had more time, or if I had a budget, or isn't it really just all about compensation? And so we knock those down very quickly. Again, our database of over a million engagement surveys gives us a lot of credibility yeah. in this space. And then what we did is we, we interviewed some remarkable leaders. Uh, Alan Mulally, who saved the Ford Motor Company in the yeah. last recession. Uh, Gary Ridge, who, who, who should be more famous than he is. He's the CEO of WD-40. Yeah, and he's yeah. created an incredible culture yeah. with remarkable results. Uh, Ken Chenault, the recently retired CEO yeah. of American Express, along with Hubert Jolie, to name a few. Yeah. And we looked at eight best practices and we said, look, there is seeing what needs to be uh, recognized and, and, and for which we are grateful and then expressing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that really is the roadmap. And then the last section, which is wonderful, is our baker's dozen. How do you take it home? To your point, that, that total person, that, that well-being. Yeah. And to a person, those extraordinary leaders that we interviewed, yes, they practiced it deeply yeah. in their organizations. They all took it home which yeah. we found quite lovely. It's amazing, you know, I mean, I, you know, I've had a 26 year career in the first, you know, I started life as a corporate lawyer and I, I was lucky enough to be the first legal counsel for Dell over here in Ireland. Um, 
for the Home Small Business Division. And I was also head of legal for Europe, Middle East and Africa for another US multinational, amazing company called Xilinx, X-I-L-I-N-X. And in both of those companies, we had inspirational leaders. I mean, Michael Dell was a real inspirational. I mean, he was really wrapped up with the the whole persona of, of, of Dell, you know, and, and, and people were mo felt motivated by him, right? And then the other one was a, an amazing guy called Wim Relance, who was a big Belgian guy, and he was the CEO of Xilinx. And he, he lived in California, lived on the, you know, worked on a campus in San Jose, and was just lacking in arrogance. So this guy was, you know, highly acclaimed in the high-end silicon, uh, you know, the uh, conf configurable programmable logic market. This is the top-end microchips. And yet he would, he didn't have a corner desk, a, an office. He would rotate his office around the campus, you know, and sit with members of staff. And the reason I mention those two is that I, I've been privileged to have great jobs. But the, the thing I remember most are, the, are, are those leaders who touched our personas, who, who really touched our souls, you know, and, and, I think that's, you know, a lot of people leave jobs, not because they're not getting paid enough, it's because they feel ignored or they're not, or they feel, you know, they're not getting enough praise or, or they're not receiving the gratitude. Did that come out in, in your work as well, that people hate being ignored? Well, no question, you know, and, and those have been numbers that we've lived with for years, you know, in engagement levels uh, globally are dismal, you know, yeah. uh, only 15%. Yeah globally, around 30%, yeah. almost a third in the US. Yeah. And, and so it really is when you think of lost productivity, innovation, engagement, yeah. and so on. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. Uh, people don't leave logos. They, they leave their immediate supervisor. They, they leave do. their leader because yeah. they don't feel their voice is heard. They don't feel like they matter. We yeah. talk about high engaged cultures, or I believe when I do matters, I make a difference. And when I make a difference, somebody noticed it and celebrated. Somebody yeah. literally said, thank you. And yeah. it doesn't seem like that's a lot to ask. No, I know. And yet, it's, uh, we, we call it common sense uncommonly practiced. So yeah. we really did lay out in the book the roadmap. And I will touch on a few things here today. If you yeah. really do want to achieve extraordinary results, attract and retain top talent, people have to feel valued. And nothing makes them feel valued better than simple expressions of gratitude. So it's been, yeah. I, I hate the pun, but a very gratifying work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, you know, I get that. And so in terms of, you talk about all in cultures, your book, All In, I mean, is that a similar premise to what we're talking about here or, or is it slightly different? Well, in, in All In, we really talked about how to engage, enable and energize, you know, engagement, we talk about a lot, but are, have you enabled your people, the training, the tools, the wherewithal to, to, to deliver on the promise? Yeah. And then to point the energy, uh, the why of what we do. Now, yeah. in that particular roadmap, uh, cheering for each other was very important. So there was always an element, you know, our, our book, The Carrot Principle, was really specifically about recognition. Gratitude to me is really the Carrot Principle 2.0. Yeah. It goes from uh, the tangible, which I think is important, you know, the, the plaques, the ceremonies, and so on, to the relationship, the emotional engagement. Yeah. And that's what you get with, with gratitude. You talk about uh, mental wellness. I, I honestly believe that gratitude can heal people. It heals them emotionally. Oh, absolutely. As I said, I've been on a program, and, you know, there was a period of time that I would be doing a daily gratitude list. So I would do it in the morning and I would do it at night. And I initially, I didn't like doing it. I thought this is so contrived. This is just something out of the textbook. 
but, you know, but, but, but it really focuses your mind and also your consciousness when every morning you wake up, right? And you write five things that you're grateful for. Simple things like, I'm so grateful that I woke up in a warm, dry bed. I'm so grateful that my wife is next to me. I'm so grateful that I can get a lovely cup of coffee. And, and at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that, you know, I have a wonderful family and that the weather's been beautiful. And if you start thinking like that, you know, I do a lot of work around mindsets and mindfulness and you become what you think, right? So if you're thinking gratitude, you become grateful. It's common sense. If you're thinking, you know, angst and anger and resentment, you become that way. Did, did, did that come out as well in your work? Well, you know, it's really interesting. We talk about uh, tools uh, that you can use and a gratitude journal is, is really important. A journal, I think, is important. It causes you yeah. to reflect, you know. Yeah. What did I set out to do today? Uh, what happened? What did I learn? What will I take forward? Yeah. Well, my wife and I have a gratitude practice at the end of the day. We say, what are your three? Yeah, yeah. You give them more? And then I start the day. I write down three to five things. Yeah. You know, uh, studies have proved that people that focus on gratitude yeah. have lower blood pressure, sleep better, have deeper relationships. Yeah. And it sounds like that is a big jump from a simple exercise. To your point, it's 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 the it's the intentionality and the discipline. It is. To, at first, it is. You just do it to check the box. It's what yeah. you do. Yeah. The more you do, it becomes who you are. You develop that. And 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 the executives that I coach, I, I have them all keep gratitude journals. Yeah. As well, you know, yeah. one of the areas around seeing that that I love that I want to share with your listeners, because I know we'll run out of time, is this this idea of assuming positive intent. The best leaders that we studied, you know, whether it was Alan Mulally that said, hey, people are showing up and want to do a good job. Yeah. Uber Julie said, I may be naive. Now, he took Best Buy from a billion-dollar deficit to a billion-dollar surplus. You yeah. know, these are guys you listen to, right? And he said, I, I just assume that people come to work wanting to do a good job. Yeah. And in trying to do a good job, they make mistakes, and that's okay. Yeah. It's safe to make mistakes. Now, what I love about that is translating it into – how you manage in a crisis, how you manage in COVID, how you manage in civil unrest, yeah. how you manage a household where now you're video chatting with teachers and you're trying to do everything with yeah. your commute is you open the door, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this idea that we assume positive intent about people, we are grateful for what they can do. Yeah. We're, we're, um, we're a little more kind. And more than anything, I think it, it brings patience into the equation. Uh, I'm just going to be more patient. It doesn't, you don't have to respond within 30 seconds of every text or email or Slack, you know, message that I send you. Yeah. And, and that was, uh, you know, Amy Edmondson from Harvard endorsed our book. And she talks a lot about psychological safety. And, you know, when you are grateful for people, when you're a little more patient with people, when you're a little more kind, it creates that safety. It reduces anxiety and stress and allows people to be their best selves your better angels come out. And that best practice around assuming positive intent was a wonderful message that we, I was just so delighted yeah. to share with them. That, that's wonderful. I mean, everything you've just said in those last three minutes it underpins the direction that my career and my work is going. So, you know, I have my LinkedIn CV profile, but all, which is great. But also, I've been on my own journey in life of trauma and, and recovery, right? And, and that's, I'm starting to tell that story this year in a non-egotistical way, because everybody's been through trauma in their life. And, um, and you know, one of the things I've learned, really, 
strongest thing is that, and you know, I'm not making this up, it's well known from Buddhist philosophy, but, but sanity is in that gap between the stimulus, you know, what, what happens to you and how you respond. So if something happens, as you've just said, when something happens, you just take that time to reflect before responding, you know, and that takes, that takes a bit of common sense and a bit of self-awareness. And the other thing then you, you said was about, um, you know, positive mindset. I posted yesterday, it was Father's Day here and uh, Midsummer's Day is at the same day. And I was, I went, I go for a walk with really a good a group of eight men, right? On a Sunday morning uh, along the, 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 the seaside in, here in Dublin. And I, and the sky was very gray and very cloudy. And I took this beautiful photo and rumbustuous dark clouds, but the, the sun was shining through and the, the water was white with, with, with light. And so I posted on LinkedIn, um, uh, perception is, comes from our mindset, right? And you know, if you have a positive mindset, then you'll feel positive and people around you will. And so I said, here's to the positive fathers on Father's Day. And it's had an amazing reaction, you know? And, and uh, I never used to, I, I was the most cynical capitalist, you know, corporate guy, even 10 years ago, you know, I would never have dreamt of posting things like that. But a lot of the time I was miserable. You know, I was one of those, sure. executives, but I was miserable. So, so in terms of, you know, in the, in the final five minutes, in terms of how, how do you think the whole coaching discipline uh, is going to be affected by the fact that we're going to, we're going to be working a lot more online, I think. I think a lot of these remote conversations, and it's interesting, you know, in some respects, it's better because you're focusing on each other. But of course, we're human, so we need to be together. How do you think coaching might be affected or might change as a result of what's happening to the world right now? You know, it's interesting. You know, I coach a lot of people internationally. We do it over Zoom or video chat, whatever the platform is yeah. already. Uh, what I do miss is generally when you kick off uh, a coaching engagement, you, you would be able to meet someone. It, yeah. there's, there's only so much you can do over video, right? When you're having a cup of coffee or you're, you're having a meal, there are a lot of things that, that, that happen just in that interpersonal space. Yeah. So uh, that will be lacking somewhat, although I, I don't think much of it will change because the messaging, the discipline, the conversations are still going to be, I think, very deep. If anything, I think as people get more comfortable with video platforms, is they they won't hesitate to coach someone, you know, in in Moscow or yeah. Dublin or Paris. Uh, the only thing you have to deal with is the time change and make sure you've got a a good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, there was a day last week, I think it was. Yeah, I, I was. I spent the day. I did a session with somebody in New Zealand. I did a, web, a coaching session. I did a webinar with somebody in Australia. I had a great conversation with somebody in India, in India, and spoke to somebody in the States and Ireland in one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that is going to be, you know, uh, more and more common. I think people are going to be very hesitant to travel long distances. I think so. I think so. For quite some time until there is a vaccine, and and in fact, it becomes more like the flu. We found ways to mitigate. Right yeah. now, it's still scary, you know, uh, yeah. and. Uh, and so I think coaching more than ever is going to be needed. You know, as you well know, having a coach years ago meant that you were on your way out the door. Yeah, it was sort of the exactly. last task to save your career. <laughs> and now, you know, I love the conversation. The executives I'll talk to, I'll say, uh, yeah. are, you, are you a sports fan? And they'll say, sure. I say, well, who's your favorite, you know, athlete? And yeah. somebody might say Serena Williams or, 
you know, Michael Jordan or whatever it might be. And I said, great. I said, uh, now I'm a big Roger Federer fan. So I, one guy said Roger Federer. I said, great. Um, one of the greats of all time, if not the greatest. Yeah, said, yeah. um, did he have a coach? I said, well, yeah, sure. I said, actually, do you think he had more than one coach? Well, I probably had a nutrition coach, a strength coach, yeah. a hitting coach, a strategy coach. I said, that's right. So do you want to be a world-class executive? I said, oh, absolutely. I said, well, do you have a coach? And they go, no. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. That's, so, so Chester, for, for you, before I come on to the final question, what's next for you? I mean, you must be thinking about doing so many different things. I mean, how do you discipline yourself to determine what's the next thing you do? What's next for you? You know, we really are really deeply engrossed in leading with gratitude. And I think there's a tremendous mission there, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to uh, create kinder, you know, more patient and more productive workplaces. Yeah. We're also working right now on a project around anxiety in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, more has there been more anxiety and, and particularly with the generations coming in, you know, yeah. Gen Z, Gen Z, depending where we are in the country or yeah. the world and, and uh, millennials talk a lot about anxiety. And it's not something that the, um, that the um, you know, baby boomer generation ever talked about. It was not, I know. it was clearly a sign of weakness, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done there. And we, we, we embedded, you know, started that project. Okay. The last thing, too, really is um, we're talking a lot about online training yeah. and getting that done and yeah. making sure that uh, we can do that. So I'm in the vestibule of the library. Somebody just dropped off some books. So that that's, was that. Night. That's good. That's good. <laughs> this is real time. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you asked, what are we passionate about? We're, we're still very passionate about leadership, workplace, yeah. and gratitude. Yeah. How does that create a place where people believe what they do matters, they make a difference, and when they make a difference, they're noticed and celebrated. And it's that safe place where you yeah. can talk about anxiety, you can talk about personal issues, and it doesn't become something that's in your employment jacket that everyone's yeah. embarrassed about. Right? Perfect, perfect. And so just to, to finalize, if you were going to whisper two or three words of wisdom in the, into the ears of maybe a, a 19 or 20 year old who wants to be a, a corporate leader in the future, what words of two or three wisdom would you give them to set them up for success? You know, I'd whisper in their ear, be grateful. Be grateful for what you have. Don't worry about what you don't have. Yeah. Secondly, be kind. You know, kindness is underrated. Be kind with, to people. You know, my father used to say, be good to everybody. Everybody's having a tough day. Yep. He talked to the parking lot attendant the same as he did to captains in industry. So be yeah. grateful, be kind. And you know what? Be patient. There's, there's no such thing, uh, you know, unless the building is literally on fire. Yeah. You know, you can wait, yeah. you know. So be grateful, be kind, be, kind. Patient. be patient. Those are the words I would whisper. That's perfect. So how do, Chester, how do people find out about you and your work and potentially connect with you? What's the best way to find out? LinkedIn is a great place. We've got wonderful followership there. We've got our LinkedIn live show, which is Leading with Gratitude Live. We have a monthly newsletter on LinkedIn called The Gratitude Journal. You can find us at thecultureworks.com. It's our training company, chestereldon.com. And you know what? Uh, I would really highly recommend you go to Leading with Gratitude book. Com. We have a lot of free downloads. Our mission is to make your workplace better. And by doing that, make your life a little better. And if we can accomplish that for a couple of people every day, you know what? That's a life well lived. That's perfect. That's really powerful. 
Chester, it's been great chatting with you and, uh, and, thanks, and thanks for moving away from where we were before and being in the vestibule of the library. Thanks so much. I'm very grateful. <laughs> I am too. Listen, you can call me anytime. Let's keep the conversation going. Bye, Cheers. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you.